Well, it's been a spectacular week in UK politics for all the wrong reasons. The resignation of um, Prime Minister Liz Truss on Thursday after 44 days in office came as little surprise, of course. We talked about that last week after her shambolic premiership was marked by dire fiscal policies that saw the pound crash and a leap in bond yields and then this emergency intervention from the Bank of England. It's been a bit like watching a high-stakes television drama from afar here in Australia. Spare a thought, though, for the British people, where the implications are all too real. Inflation is running there at 10%. Interest rates are surging. Economic growth is almost stagnant. And as I've been hearing through the week, there is you can hear real panic in some people's voices as they consider on the oncoming winter. They're in desperate need of some decent leadership and a government that can govern with authority. Who is next in line, therefore, to become the new British Prime Minister? That has become quite a story. To talk us through the potential leadership contest, to discuss the state of British politics more broadly, I'm very pleased to welcome Julia Langdon. She's a former political editor of the Daily Mirror and Sunday Telegraph. Welcome to Saturday Extra. Thank you. Very nice to have you. Is this a battle, before we get to the poor old people, is this a battle for the soul of the Conservative Party, as as one of our newspapers has put it this weekend? Do you see it like that? Um, it is partly a, a battle for the soul of the, of the Conservative Party, but actually the Conservative Party, the very survival of the Conservative Party is at stake. And that is very much... Um, what is it, what is at issue here? But more important than that, of course, is the British economy and um, the, the poor the poor British people. Mm. We've had so many unprecedented events going on that um, you, uh, there are a great many of us who think that we could do with a bit of precedented, please. <laughs> yes, I heard the um, the BBC. I mean, that's the thing. In the midst of this, you know, you've got that wondrous institution, the BBC, turning 100 this week. And I heard the BBC historian on our uh, related breakfast program yesterday say, I am wordless at this. <laughs> She just simply couldn't describe it. Look, I want to play for you now um, an interesting uh, reflection from Rory Stewart, who was an an ex-Tory minister who's now on uh, sharing the stage on a podcast called The Rest is Politics with Alistair Campbell. And he's clearly very closely involved. I mean, just as an observer, but people are talking to him. This is how he described it. What Brexit has released is a kind of deep ideological fanaticism and yeah. a bit like, I guess, the Benite Labour Party, there are a whole series of people. Some of them believe in creating Singapore. Some of them believe in creating Victorian Britain, as far as I can see. Some of them want to see Brexit as an opportunity to rip up the welfare state. Some of them see it as an opportunity to defend the countryside. Some of it see an opportunity to build on the green belt. Some of it, Liz Truss saw it as an opportunity to bring in more immigration. Suella Braverman saw it as an opportunity to stop immigration. So... All of them have developed these sort of quasi-religious ideas about what Brexit really meant. Do you think that that is a good overview of the tribalism underway? Yes, I do. And the important, I mean, he's making making light of it, but of course it's, well, slightly light of it, but it's not light. It's very serious indeed. And the, the... a really significant point that he he draws attention to there is that this is about 
the Conservative Party's um, 20, 30-year row over Britain's membership of Europe. We came out of um, the European Union in 2016, after the the referendum was in 2016. And since then, the Conservative Party has not been able to agree about anything, really, on the way forward. We've had three prime ministers now chosen initially by members of the Conservative Party rather than by a general election. Boris Johnson was confirmed by a general election, but we have had. But he was initially chosen by members of the Conservative Party, and the the, the British electorate is outraged at what has hap- happened in the last week, because we are, we are now having foisted upon the British people again another person who may again be Boris Johnson if some members of the Conservative mm. Party get what they want, and who have not been endorsed by a general election. Um, Do I need to remind you that Boris Johnson was handed out of office um, by his own party, by his own ministers, or resigning one morning, one very unforgettable morning in in not very long ago. An unprecedented morning. (laughs) Um, Surely the Conservative Party wouldn't hold together if Boris Johnson were re-elected. It wouldn't, no. But that being said, the the candidates who are who who stand are first of all going to be chosen by members of parliament. There are about three hundred conservative members of mm. parliament. There are three hundred and fifty-seven or thereabouts. I think it's three five seven at the moment. Uh, conservative members of parliament, and to to get on the ballot paper, you have to have a hundred supporting you. So no more than three can get on. It is expected that the former Chancellor Rishi Sunak will be on that list and it is expected that um, Penny Mordaunt, who is currently the leader of the House, I'm not expecting your listeners to have heard of Penny Mordaunt because she's not been heard of by many British people, Um, (laughs) but she did stand in the last leadership election. But the possibility now is that Boris Johnson may get on as well. And if that happens... He will win because then, if there's more than if there's if there is not a single per name, if only one person gets a hundred, that person will win on Monday. Mm. But if more than one person gets on it, it's going to be put to the members of the Conservative Party again, of whom I may have to tell the listeners in Australia that there are only 150,000 in an electorate of 46 million or something like that. I think it's 46 million. And it's it's a constitutional outrage. We're all very, very angry about the Conservative Party's election rules. Well, look, that brings... I'm going to come back to some of those details, but it it, it has been striking me that, I mean, if you scripted this, you wouldn't believe it, that we've got uh, the long-serving Queen dead just very recently, and then in comes her son, who's now, I presume, sitting on this sort of (laughs) semi-constitutional time bomb here. I mean, no one's really writing about this yet, but what are his... Does he have? Does he get involved at all? Does he have options? If it, if there's real disorder, which is which is not beyond the realms of possibility, what does he do? He's he only has any authority if no single person is able to command a majority of the House of Commons. Okay, so it's um, got to go to the Commons first. Yeah. In those circumstances, if, if what the monarch does is invite an individual to form a government if that person can command a majority in the House of Commons. Now, um, the Conservative Party is picking a leader 
who will become a prime minister because they are the largest party in the Commons. Now, you, you, you may wonder why we're not going to have a general election. And the reason is because the Conservatives have run the show in such an appalling fashion for the last, um, since uh, Boris was elected in 2019, that they would almost all of them lose their seats. And um, so they're not, they're not turkeys voting for Christmas. So that it would go through. So in other words, you're saying you couldn't have a constitutional involvement of the sovereign like our governor general. <laughs> We've been through this. <laughs> uh, unless, yes, you yes. Lo- unless you lost a ba- uh, the, the, the confidence of the commons. So that, that is he doesn't get involved unless that occurs. Is that right? Yes, that's right. And it's not likely to happen because... Um, they will. They will choose someone who. I mean, there will be a, a choice, and that person will will be supported by the majority of the Conservative yes, MPs. But, well, except. Well, you've, you've, you, go on. <laughs> you've, 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 you've. Well, you've touched on the correct point, which is that if they were to go for Boris Johnson. Um, the, there would be there would be a split in the Conservative Party, but more than that, you know. I mean, one of my neighbours said to me today, "How can how can we protest about this? Should we should we be taking to the streets?" And that that clip you played from Rory Stewart, he does this program with Alistair Campbell. Alistair Campbell has been suggesting people should take to the streets. Um, you know, I mean, it's almost like a fermenting revolution. Iran. There is very deep. There is very deep disquiet. It would be funny if it wasn't so serious. I mean, it is. It is farcical. So, therefore, what hope- one can assume, one can assume for a range of reasons that the that the Tories will keep their heads, and even if they do it with sort of gritted teeth, they will vote for someone like a Rishi Sunak who could command the confidence of the Commons and get on with it a bit, even if it, even if it deeply annoys them. I mean, can I assume that? No, you can't. I assumed that last night. Um, I, I had a text from a, an MP who, who said to me, tell me that um, Boris Johnson is not going to command a support. Um, but the, the um, Conservative Home, uh, there's a... Um, group of people called Conservative Home. Conservative Home today was suggesting that um, Boris could get 140 votes, which will certainly put him on the paper. Now, if he's on the paper, he's going to win because there will be there will be somebody else on the paper well, as well. Except that I saw that it, it's a bit curious the way, uh, Sir, is it Sir Ian Brady, the head of the 1922 committee, is sort of speaking that it would first Graham. go to... M- Graham Brady, pardon me. It would first go to MPs and sort of a qualified sense as to whether it was necessary to go to the members after that. So I, I got the impression there that they did have a little bit more up their sleeve. Well, if if they have any sense, they will stop it going to the members because the members will choose Boris Johnson. There are people who think that Boris Johnson was wrongly um, deposed. He he is a, a clown and he engages the humour of a section of the Conservative Party in this country who who do, who do not think it matters that he broke the, the laws that he himself had set in the course of the pandemic in order to stop people going out and um, contaminating each other by having these drinks parties in Downing Street, and and who has been um, a proven liar and who was who was obliged to resign in disgrace a matter of a few months ago. And a, a proven liar, I mean, there's, a, there's an inquiry still underway about that, isn't there? I suppose we've got to be careful. There is. There's a, 
No, no, we don't have to be careful about it at all. There's a House of Commons inquiry, um, which is assessing, um, which is a further inquiry. There's been a police inquiry and there's been another sort of inquiry, but this inquiry is a House of Commons inquiry. And if they find that he, he broke the rules, he will be obliged to resign as a Member of Parliament. Oh, I see. So it's, it's, and they, they haven't sat yet. That, that committee has not yet sat. Now, has anybody... We've had no government. We've had no government since since the summer. They've been on holiday, of course, because it's been the summer, but we've also had this ridiculous eight-week Conservative leadership contest which landed us with the Prime Minister for 44 days. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, it, to the best... the outrage in Oh, I can. I don't blame you. Um, has anybody formally um, put their hands up yet? It's, it, they have to by 2 o'clock on Monday, don't they? They do. Uh, Penny Mordant has. Penny Mordant is a um, a very cheerful, cheery um, woman who was the first woman defence secretary. Um, she um, appeals to the Conservative Party. She came third in the last leadership election. She wasn't one of the candidates who was voted on by the party membership, but she was she was third in the vote among MPs. She has handled herself with great aplomb in the House of Commons in the last week, when on one amazing occasion she she stood in, the Prime Minister didn't come to the House of Commons when she had been uh, the leader of the opposition. Um, Sir Keir Starmer had put down a motion of no confidence or put down a, a private notice question, question to the government and the Prime Minister should have come in response. And in fact, Penny Morden, the leader of the House of Commons, is her job at the moment was put up to answer um, the Labour opposition leader. And she did a very, very good holding job for an hour, um, denying that the Prime Minister was hiding under her desk. This was, of course, before she resigned. And that was a hilarious moment because one one MP asked if the Prime Minister, Prime Minister was hiding under her desk. And if somebody asks a question like that in the House of Commons, it is... Um, it is required of the minister responding not to repeat the insults that has been made. And she said, no, she's not hiding under her desk, when she should have said, no, the Prime Minister is engaged from very important business elsewhere. Um, <laughs> look, uh, it's also we, the, the action of the guilt traders, the, the market it also claimed a Prime Minister, as it's being realised now, really. Um, this is amidst Britain's low growth problem becoming very entrenched uh, with, you know, it, the the sense of how you're going to pay for yourselves in the future. So there's this whole new, which is why the economist has said it is more like Britterly, you know, which is where the money market also determines a lot of Italian behaviour, which everybody in Britain used to laugh at. Um, is there is this conversation growing? And I wonder whether you think it makes any difference to the people in the Conservative Party. What the markets think? The market the market response was because. Um, Liz, Liz Truss and her previous Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng's policy was unfunded. They, they, and the markets, the markets recognised that this couldn't be paid for. And, um, the situation at the moment is the markets are placid, um, but were, but are clearly relieved that, um, Liz Truss has gone. Mm. Now, um, we, th th this is the deciding factor. The, the, the main word to describe what everybody's seeking in, in both in politics and in the economy 
is stability. I should say there are three words. Everybody keeps saying stability, stability, stability. Actually, um, I'm, I wouldn't mind playing you now something that I heard uh, on another pod, the New Statesman podcast. Um, this, Gary Stevenson, he's a, um, a former trader from Citibank, very a successful one. He's an economist. He now campaigns against wealth inequality on his sort of YouTube channel, Gary's Economics. And he he had a very visceral response to the Quarteng, uh, the Quarteng budget, which which led to this recent uh, drama. Have a listen. And the people who actually stopped them from doing it were traders in Canary Wharf. We should have made it clear to everybody that that is not a viable strategy and the government should not have considered it to be a thing that the public would accept. So I think to a degree, it's our fault for allowing these politicians and parts of the media to lie to the public. You cannot give everything to the rich and expect not to be poor. I mean, these are the people who would have benefited from those cuts that Quarteng um, was proposing, and yet they absolutely revolted. And according to him, would just—they sat back there astonished at the nonsense they were hearing because there was—they didn't perceive to be any stability there. This must be dribbling through to the to the British people more and more. Oh, it is. Yes, it certainly is. Because um, there are a great many people whose mortgages have been affected hugely by this. And as you mentioned in your introduction, the Bank of England had to step in in order to rescue the, uh, the pension funds. I mean, the, the, the countries, even if they may not understand the finer workings of the gilt markets, um, they understand that their pensions have been at risk and that their mortgages are going up hugely. And you also mentioned we have this series of crises. We've got an energy crisis. We've got a cost of living crisis. We have a national health service crisis. And and here was a prime minister who was proposing to to to, um, to spend money with no with no back back up to it. It was it was completely terrifying. Look, a final and, and as you say, the sorry. The, now, uh, there's just a final very interesting reflection I read from um, an emeritus professor of history, Nicholas Boyle, um, that is quite challenging, that in, in its own way, Elizabeth II, the figurehead I'm reading now, the figurehead and personal embodiment of the nation, prevented Britain from advancing beyond the illusions of 1945 and 1952 to a truer understanding of the great geopolitical events of the mid-20th century, of its place in the world they created, and and so of its own identity. And then its own way, that long period, you know, which we've all just been talking about, has not helped the very thing that you're dealing with now. I, I think we all, um, I, I mean, in Britain, we all feel at the moment um, rather traumatised by the fact the Elizabethan age has come to an end at exactly the time that the country is being regarded as an, in, as an international laughing laughing stock um we've been compared to a banana republic it, it it really is extremely um tragic for for the british people good luck julia <laughs> <laughs> we need more than luck thank you for staying up late to talk to us you will indeed and julia langdon former political editor of the daily mirror and sunday telegraph abcrn helps you understand the world Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.